Hi, welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to marketing consultant, speaker and author, Patty Kay, about personal branding for freelancers and solopreneurs. Stand by for huge advice. Huge advice. Thanks for downloading. Every freelancer and solopreneur kind of needs to do a little bit of personal branding. They need to get noticed. They need to get clients. But how should we go about it? Is oversharing on LinkedIn a good idea? It's not a good idea. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Um, In this episode, I'm chatting to Patty Kay, who works with many solopreneurs and trusted advisors, helping them to grow clients, create their personal brand and do better. This is a fascinating chat. It really is. There's lots of insight and tips and advice and lots of common sense as well. You can find Patty on LinkedIn and her website. And don't forget to download a copy of a free ebook, which is called The Trusted Advisor Marketing Machine. There's links in the show notes to so get tapping on those. Can I quickly mention that Not Another Marketing Podcast is ad-free? I'd love it if you could give the pod a quick shout on social media, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. You can check out more episodes at jtid.co.uk forward slash podcasts. Now, the first thing I asked Patty was if we really do need to develop a personal brand. I think it's, I think when you're a solopreneur um, working on your own, it's inevitable that you do develop a personal brand. Um, I believe it was uh, Jeff Bezos that said that uh, um, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Yeah. So I think by default, we get one. (laughs) Yeah. Whether we want it or not. Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, how much time should we spend on, like, almost like creating this brand, and how should we go about it? Well, I'm a big fan of, you know, basically being yourself, and I think that there's a distinction between um, sharing some information, being a human being, being interesting, showing your personality, having an opinion, um, all of those sorts of things can go towards building your personal brand. Uh, But I don't think we have to cross the line into being completely transparent about our lives and oversharing. Yeah, I've just Um, written that down on the I've just written that down on a bit of paper. Oversharing LinkedIn at the moment. Oversharing. Everywhere oversharing. The thing is, it it attracts attention. Um, It really attracts attention when you um, overshare things, people, and you you get you get support and you get sympathy and you get um, um, encouragement, but that doesn't necessarily lead to clients. You get likes and shares, don't you? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's um. I I I think I said to you just before the little chat before we started recording. I said I would find all of this utterly exhausting if I had to do this online on social media. I mean, some of the stuff I've seen on LinkedIn has had some of the oversharing I've seen on LinkedIn has literally had thousands upon thousands of comments, and people have been trying to respond to that. I mean, that is a it's a job. It it is a huge job and. My question with all of this is, is how effective is that really? Um, 
you know, and, and I think that kind of goes back to like whatever your goals are. But I think sometimes like for people who want to be um, influencers, they're, they're, they're trying to be, you know, like the, the whole goal for their business is to create this massive following and then to somehow monetize it um, with yeah. the client that I work with, uh, they offer services. So I work with um, professional advisors who, who you know, uh, sell their expertise, sell their advice. Um, and they like, they're selling that service. So they don't necessarily need to have um, thousands and thousands of followers. Uh, they just need to connect with some people who can pay them yeah. <laughs> so that they can... Um, you know, make a living with their business. It's it's a it's a different business model, and I think that that's maybe one of the first questions with all of this is, you know, what's your business model? How is how are you going to make money from this? Yeah, because I mean, if you go out and you you become like an influencer, and your job is an influencer, right? Then yeah. I would imagine business to consumer, business to business is very different. Business to consumer, you'd be the Kardashians, you could be anybody. You could just wear some clothes. You can, do it. and as long as you can curate that nice image it's great but in the business to business world i think a lot of people want you to have actually done something beforehand right to become the influencer uh, yeah <laughs> it's it's i laugh at it i think it's mm. hilarious I'm, I'm working with a client right now um who has a, a ton of business experience and an mba yeah and she has been to marketing programs and had other marketing coaches who are advising her to use her origin story and to talk about things that have nothing to do with business because they are accustomed to working with people who don't have experience or credentials to draw on. So they're trying to make up something, like they're trying to pull some relevant experience out of their past to make them qualified to do the work that they do. And I have to keep reminding her, it's like, you have an MBA, you have relevant experience. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think that's where it becomes more difficult and hard? Because it's easy talking about your past experiences because those of your those experiences are your own. They're original, and you can you can say them, and people will look. Oh, I I haven't heard that before because it's your story, right? But when you get into the business to business side of things, you know, t ten top tips on how to do something. Right. I mean, that's been done a billion times and you kind of glaze over it because it's not that original. How do we get that originality without having to sort of like tell everybody what happened last week in the kitchen or something? Well, first of all, you can make um, you can connect even the most boring personal story um, to a relevant business point. Um, right. Just by by crafting how you how you use that story, so you can always bring in those kinds of stories uh, to make the content more in interesting. I think for business, like I know from you know from my clients, in terms of stories, what's really appealing um, to their clients are stories about work that they've done with clients, like that it's that's really relevant to to their situation. So if their client is struggling with a particular problem, like let's say they've got some problems with the culture in their organization, uh, um, a really good story for one of my clients who helps with that would be something around um, doing culture change in a different business, like how that worked mm -hmm. and um, what the situation was like before and what they did and how they resolved it. It's interesting and relevant to the person that's going to hire them. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, at the end of the day, particularly in the business to business world, 
getting a client is the most important thing, right? That's my focus when I work with yeah. my clients. That's yeah. why they want to do this marketing thing, uh, is that they want clients and the vanity metrics are yeah. um, less important to them, although they get caught up in the hype. I had a, I had a client the other day tell me that, uh, you know, Patty, if I had 100,000 people on my email list, I wouldn't have any marketing problems. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, dude, you need 20 clients. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, ex exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you think the gurus are to blame of all this? Because there's a guru for everything. I mean, there's gurus and ninjas and rock stars and all over LinkedIn at the moment. Um, and they try and tell people, they tell people you've got to be authentic. Right. And do you think the problem is then the people then try to be authentic? Uh, yeah, I, I think part of the thing that they do is they copy mm. um, the people that are um, I'm going to call them celebrities and they, like they might not be celebrities in the yeah. like the Kardashians um, but even within our own individual industries we have celebrities yeah. and the thing is that once you achieve a level of fame people start to care about your morning routine <laughs> like yeah. like they really want to know um, but if, if you're just Joe at the no local networking event, they might not care that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. And the morning routines are daft, aren't they? I mean, like, I mean, I mean, everybody who does one of these morning routine posts has not got two kids, two dogs. <laughs> no kidding. And, and, and it's not the morning routine that necessarily made them successful, right? Like, right. like there's no... Um, uh, you know, there's no correlation to the results there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so can we be successful without a big social media presence? Absolutely. Um, I work with um, some very successful clients uh, who do extremely well for themselves. And often when I meet them, they have no social media presence at all right. to speak of. Um, and then I say, so what's working for you in terms of marketing? And they give me the exact same three answers every time. Repeat business from past clients, referrals from clients, my personal network. Yeah, That's it. They build relationships with people. Um, and it's kind of it's it's old fashioned in some ways, and the way they do it, like you know, a lot of my clients are, you know, in the fifty plus uh, kind of category. Yeah. Um, so they create these relationships often with phone calls and in person meetings and going to networking events and joining associations. Um, but you can do those things online. I, you know, you can also form relationships through LinkedIn. Um, you can look at social media as this um, world's largest place to broadcast stuff, or you can look at it as the world's largest networking event and interact with people one at a time versus trying to get 10,000 people to look at your post. Yeah, that's interesting you say the broadcast versus networking. Yeah, it, it, I'd never thought of it like that. It, that. There is kind of like an element to it that I'm a broadcaster, I'm a publisher, I'm creating content for other people to digest. And then there's the other side of it, which is I'm trying actually to use this as a networking strategy to bring in business. Exactly. And there are, you know, there are some people, it's, it's kind of like thinking about how the other people on that network are using that network. In some cases, um, they're just, 
you know, publishing, you know, they're loading up content into a robot to publish and they're never there. Um, So it's hard to get in touch with them. But in other cases, people are actually quite active um, on these networks and they are actually interacting and having conversations. Like if, if you go to Twitter, if you go to LinkedIn or Facebook, there are people conversing back and forth with each other um, in these networks and actually getting to know each other and building relationships. And it's just a different approach to using the platform. Um, and it's very much based on relationships. Um, so it's not, um, you know, trying to automate sending direct messages to as many people as possible to try to kind of fake them into mm. thinking you're trying to build a relationship. Yeah. It's like they're genuinely trying to build relationships. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because back in the day with email, that was spam. Yeah. Yeah. And with a, when, a, when it's a DM, we don't kind of think of it as just somebody spamming us, do we? It's, yeah. It's interesting that is. Um, now I've 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 read through some of the little some of the I don't know what you call them the the guidelines of how to become a personal brand from a couple of different gurus. And the one thing that stands out is kind of like them trying to say, think of who your who the person is you want to attract as a as a client, right? And then create a personality to attract that person so what you're in theory doing is you're curating yourself you're you're creating a persona you're not being yourself you're curating something that you hope someone is that the right way to go about it or or should you just literally be yourself yeah i look at it from the opposite direction um i look at it as be yourself in order to attract the kind of people who want to work with you. Right. Uh, one of the things about being a solo entrepreneur or a teeny tiny little company is that we don't need a lot of clients or customers. Yeah. I think sometimes we lose sight of this. Um, but if you're selling services in particular, uh, you know, the clients I work with, I think they you know, they, their big goals might be three new clients this year, or they might be 20 clients, like, like, it's a small number of clients. So they don't need to reach everybody. They don't have to, you know, go after like a market share or something that bigger businesses might look at. Um, So when you only need a very small part of a a small number of people, you don't have to be everything to everyone. And I just, you know, personally, I find it easier (laughs) to be myself. Uh, and to show up as I am and see who shows up, Um, like in terms of the personality stuff. Now, it's important that you know what kind of problems you solve and what you do for people. But that's kind of, I see that as like the first doorway. It's like, can you help me? (laughs) Do you have something that I'm actually interested in buying? Like that's kind of the, the first doorway. And then the second one is like, do I like you? Um, and that's where the personality piece comes in. And it's just so much easier to work with people and to develop your marketing uh, when it feels true to you, when you're not trying to be somebody that you're not. Yeah, that's interesting, that is, because I think um, I think for, for a, a lot of it, it, I mean, I know I joked about it being exhausting, but uh, I mean, that that is a true thing and that will eventually um, lead to some sort of mental health breakdown, to, to some sort of, of issue of burnout or something, if you are constantly trying to be someone else. I, uh, back in the day, years and years ago, I used to work on the radio and four hours of kind of like being that upbeat, big personality was exhausting. 
Now, if you're trying to do that on social media all the time, if you're trying to do that day in, day out, every single day, constantly, it's it's exhausting, isn't it? It would be for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, but you know, I'm I'm thinking about um, somebody that I know in my network um, who has an acting background. Sure. Uh, she might see it differently. She might see that as being on stage yeah. while she's yeah. doing it. Um, for me and for the clients I work with, they're, they're trusted advisors. So I specialize in working with trusted advisors, and what they're selling is a relationship more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. It's a relationship, a sounding board. Some my clients will meet with their clients for years sometimes, um, and what what strikes me as not being effective is being one person in your marketing and another person delivering the actual service. Um, and I think that creates a disconnect that, that breaks trust. Um, so for my clients, I'm like, no, you, you, you actually want to extend your consulting and advisory um, work into your marketing. Like the, 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 you're not one person when you're marketing, another person when you're selling, and a third person when you're doing the work. It's like you're one consistent trusted advisor from the beginning right through to the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you build video into your strategy? I mean, even if you're unco inco uncomfortable with video, would you build build video in? I'm a big fan of uh, doing the kind of marketing that you can reasonably enjoy doing because you can't do all the things. No. Um, so pick something that you're willing to do. Um, ideally, if it's a little bit fun for you, that's even better. Um, so if you are completely camera shy and and you um, you know break out into a flop sweat when you're on a yeah. camera and you, you can't you can't speak you're not going to create good video yeah. uh, so you might be better off writing if you're stronger at writing mm. um, and and you will find people who will connect to you through reading there's still a few of us out there um, yeah, so I, yeah, yeah that, let's hope so yeah i mean i i'm i'm in that group i hate video can't stand yeah. it um all the video i see on social media is of young folk and they all look young and fit and healthy and beautiful and and i look like somebody's dad because i am and and it's like do you know what i mean it's like i don't you know i'm not really going to attract the attention because you know you know you know what's really interesting <laughs> is that that that's kind of what we see right like we, we see the glossy the glossy young celebrities out yeah. there doing their thing on video and that's the majority of what we see what's interesting to me is that in real life and as much as possible if you know if i had a magic wand every one of my clients would be comfortable uh, showing up and doing webinars and speaking on camera and going and standing on stages and delivering presentations. Like it's a great way um, to market a trusted advisory practice. Uh, but what's really interesting is that their clients and the people that they work with would actually prefer to get the video and to get the information from my clients rather than the glossy celebrity. And I've got clients that have bought into programs where they can use videos that are created by somebody high production value glossy material uh, really impressive to look at mm. and their feedback that they get from their clients is that they would rather watch my client on video even yeah. though it's not high production value even though they're not glossy celebrities they 
they just appreciate that connection with that human being, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, very much so. Maybe I should try it. Never know. Um, how long would you say it takes to become a thought leader? It takes a while. Um, yeah. I took a I took a class uh, last year from a fellow named Mark Schaefer, who is a thought leader in the marketing yeah. space. Yeah. And he he advised us eighteen months of committed committed effort of um, putting stuff out there in order to to attract any significant amount of attention. Right. Um, so, like you know, in terms of you know getting a getting a start anyhow towards creating a personal brand. Now, he's actually kind of thinking maybe a little bit bigger than I think and, that, and yeah. that my clients think because you can be a thought leader at your local chamber of commerce sure. um, by showing up and delivering a presentation there right like yeah. it, it's it depends on how wide that circle is that you want to look at in terms of who sees you as a thought leader do you need to have achieved before you can become a thought leader that is a really good question. I think there's more than one way to gather information and expertise. Um, so I have some clients that have uh, some really strong history doing exactly like in the business role that they're advising on. So they've been CEOs of companies and now they're providing advisory services to CEOs of other companies. Um, and then I've got clients that offer business coaching who haven't necessarily um, had a business outside of the business that they're in, but they have expertise that the business owners lack and they have the ability um, to coach them. And those things are important too. So do you think, so, so do you think it's important finding your niche, I suppose, finding your topic? Yes. Uh, I, I think it's, I think it's generally speaking a really good idea to play to your strengths. Yeah, uh, yeah. In terms but, of what uh, you have what, to offer. Yeah, what's going through my mind is kind of like saying, I'm a business advisor, right? Well, that could be yep. anything, couldn't it? I mean, it could be anything at all. Um, yep. But then you could go down and say, right, well, I'm into financial accountancy for big companies or I'm down to financial accountancy for little companies or HR or strategy or marketing. Or Do you think it's better to kind of like be topic focused? It can be if, if that's, I, th I think it's, partially who you are and how you're built, right? Mm. Um, I think that for some people, for sure, it's like, wow, I've got this, this finance background and I'm really great with numbers and spreadsheets and accounting and all of that. And I'm going to, I'm going to focus in on this. And then I've got um, clients that are really big picture and they're talent is really in seeing the business as a whole and in how all the various parts interrelate with each other. So it's how does the accounting department play with the IT department, play with the HR and the customer support and the sales, and how do you bring all of that together? How do you create a cohesive culture? Um, so I think it depends. To me, I'm like, what are you fascinated by? What, hmm. what do you you know, what's your strength in all of this? Um, I know for my big picture people, it feels really constraining to say, oh, no, you have to pick something. You're only allowed to play in HR. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, do we need to be on all the platforms? Because there's a lot of them. I can't see myself doing myself doing too many TikToks, to be fair. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna flat out say no. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I used to give out. I used to give out permission slips to my clients, and they'd say, "Oh, Patty, I hate Twitter." And I'm like, "Here's a permission slip. You never have to be on Twitter ever." Yeah, 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 yeah. So how do we how do we go about kind of picking picking them? Is it just the ones that we're comfortable with? Do we need to get away from the fact that? of thinking about where our clients are because our clients are probably on all of them now, aren't they? Because they're all really big. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, you know, from my perspective, it comes down to a numbers thing is, you know, if you're looking for 20 clients, um, name a social media platform that I've never heard of before. And there are probably 20 clients for you there. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if there's a significant number of, of people, I mean, we can be a little bit strategic about this. I mean, my, um, a lot of my clients work with larger businesses. And I'm like, yeah, I think you're probably better off on LinkedIn than TikTok. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that for sure. Right? sure. Yeah, yeah, because the, the people making the decisions are people. And that person exactly might, right. might be big, big on TikTok. They might love it. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so, so how many platforms? I mean, two, three, four? It depends on what you're doing with them and how you're using them. Um, so in terms of just, you know, I look at it as two streams, right? So we talked about this idea of, um, like being able to publish content Hmm. is one stream and the other stream is that relationship building thing. Yeah. So I would be like publishing content. You can publish it in a lot of places, um, with the automation. So tools can be our friends and we can set up a robot and it can publish your information on several different platforms that you don't necessarily engage with. You just put content out there and hope for the best, maybe drive some traffic back to your website. And then to choose like one platform where you're going to focus on that as a place to network. Right. And a place to engage. So it's like you got one primary place where it's like, okay, I'm going to show up on LinkedIn. I'm going to talk to people on LinkedIn. I'm going to dedicate an hour to a week to doing that with some focused networking. Um, but but it's just there and that's it. Um, rather than try to jump around, you know, half a dozen platforms to network with people. Just choose one to show up and really... Um, uh, learn how to do it well, yeah, yeah. and so, engage with people consistently and over time. So, so you'd like you'd broadcast on like four or five platforms, but you'd network yep. on one. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good way to think about it. I like that. That's a really good way to think about it. I like this idea of differentiating the broadcasting from the networking. I think that's important yep. now. Yeah. Ah, brilliant. And um, Patty, this has been fascinating. I could talk about it for ages because LinkedIn is just. <laughs> To me, it's just, you know, I just I just open it up in the mornings and I think, why did you post that? Just why? <laughs> what was going through your mind at the moment you hit post? I mean, but anyway, anyway, where can we find you? Where's your website, social media? Um, you can find me at uh, pattyk.com and you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that uh, I, I mean, I'm... I am one of those people that is not uh, particularly active on all of the social media stuff. I kind of follow the the yeah. guidance that I give my clients. You know, most of my business comes through referrals and repeat clients and, yeah. and everything else. But uh, but yes, I am on I am on LinkedIn 
and I have a website. Fantastic. I'll um, I'll leave some links in the show notes. That's lovely. But, Patrick, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You are very welcome. It was uh, delightful uh, being here. Thank you. Thanks again to Patty for a time. Don't forget to check out the links in the show notes and download the free ebook as well. If you've enjoyed the episode, subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favourite podcast player. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.